Streak busting. The Charlotte Hornets beat the Boston Celtics in Boston. LaMelo Ball gets a triple-double, but it's not because of him why they win. That's more towards Miles Bridges and Kelly Oubre. We talk about it all today on the Locked on Hornets podcast. You are Locked on Hornets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked on Hornets. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Hornets. Check them out at prizepicks.com. It's Locked on Hornets. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making us your first listen. Check us out anywhere you get your pods. Check us out on YouTube. We're at the 750 subscriber mark at 1,000. We'll paint our faces and look ridiculous. And Doug will even be more ridiculous, screaming Hornets, Hornets. all over the place. I should have let you do it. We were doing such a good job there, and I just Jace, completely you got to give me the it. gap. you got to give me the space. Look, I want to I talk about them, too, though. Like This is exciting. This is an exciting time time for us here you can follow us on twitter at walker mail at doug branson loh and at lockdown hornets on twitter where we're going to be talking about hornets there we go got it that time look it's an it's an exciting time to be a charlotte hornets fan like here we are five games above 500 and you can laugh at that if you want to and i even understand why you would laugh at us being so excited being five games above 500 but this isn't the usual doug like we will get to the postseason every once in a while there's the 2016 season where we got to the postseason and there was a seven-game competitive series against the Miami Heat. That's what we have to hold on to. But now, in the regular season, not only do you have the present, you have the win-now mentality, but you also have some really nice young pieces where you can project towards the future and see a brighter future. Like, you can see something brighter there. Not only... Because LaMelo Ball, who is clearly the number one guy on this team, got a triple-double last night, even when he wasn't hitting shots, found a couple late, certified gamer, if you will. Somebody once told me that about Terry Rozier, who we'll get to in just a moment, but still was hitting some late shots despite him not hitting all that much, 10 assists, 10 rebounds. But even when he's not hitting shots, Doug, you can rely on Terry Rozier, 28 points, 10 assists for Terry, which is another Ooh, pretty impressive number in. from him. 10 of 18 from the field, 6 of 11 from three. You can even go to Miles Bridges, 9 of 17, 22 points. And Kelly Oubre, big Ubi, 18 points, oh. 7 of 14, oh. 3 of 7. Like, three Ubi, guys. Ubi, Ubi, Oh, man. My Ubi says, shine your light on the world. And he certainly <laughs> did last night. Kelly Oubre, 18 points. Like, <laughs> what? what's the story here, Doug? You're the producer. You tell me. Oh. What's the story here between those three guys that lead the team in scoring with LaMelo, ho-hum, just getting a triple-double, and he's not the biggest reason they won? I mean, there's so many stories. There's tens all over the box score. You got 10 assists from – 10 assists, 10 rebounds from LaMelo Ball. You got 10 assists from Terry. You got 10 rebounds from Mason Plumley. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, Miles Bridges hitting huge buckets late. I thought Kelly Oubre hitting uh, monster buckets at the end of the first to spark the bench. That's what the Hornets have been missing, by the way, mm -hmm. is that guy that can hit the son of a shots. And he hit plenty of the son of a shots, <laughs> those shots that make the opposing bench go, son of a, like we cannot come back. And that's exactly what Ubi 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 did. And it was a beautiful thing. I think the big storyline in this one 
is that the Hornets staying different right now. It's so different in, in the way that they control these games and step up into these big moments. A lot of it, I think, was Miles Bridges and Kelly Oubre combining uh, to really take this game over at the end. LaMelo hitting huge shots as well. I want to talk about his triple-double later. But the question in my mind right now after this game, Walker, is with Miles Bridges hitting those tough shots, I mean, crazy runners as he's falling out of bounds, just putting his head down and saying, no one's stopping me, I'm getting to the rim. Kelly did the same thing, by the way. It wasn't just three-point shots at this game. He was putting his head down, getting to the rim. If that's what they're going to give you, especially late in a game, like in a playoff situation, is Gordon Hayward all of a sudden a little bit more expendable as we get to the trade deadline? So that, I don't know that, why I'm talking like this, where I'm going up in inflection in every Ron sentence Burgundy? that I say, but Ooh. I think it makes sense. There are reasons why it makes sense. The, the reason it wouldn't is because you would be a mm -hmm. little scared of losing okay. the shooting from Gordon Hayward compared mm -hmm. to Miles. Because mm -hmm. Gordon, I think, I think yeah. the comparison here is between Gordon and Miles Bridges. It's not so much Kelly Oubre, who has which, been shooting the ball really well. Which, but that, hold on. That's crazy what you're just saying there, Walker, is okay. that we're that Gordon Hayward is now the better shooter than Miles Bridges. I would not have guessed that three-point shooter than Miles Bridges, because I would have not guessed that at the beginning of the season. Gordon Hayward not I don't think he's viewed as like a sharpshooter, and Miles Bridges had been hitting his three so well, but now it has, you're right, it has kind of flipped. He was one of six from the, in this game. Well, it, for me, I was always worried about Miles kind of regressing back to what his career was before last season. I thought it had a little bit more credit because you had more volume with Miles. It seemed like mm -hmm. he turned a new leaf. You thought that this was the new Miles Bridges, where even if he wasn't shooting 40% like he did last year, he could shoot something above the average. And that's not happening right now. Like right. even with the five of nine performance he put up against New York, it's only at 32.2 when we were all just going crazy over the off the dribble threes, the step back. That was really a part of his game, just not hitting at the same clip anymore. Yeah. And so that's gone down for Miles, and that's the biggest difference, right? Like, the, the reason I say Miles is more comparable to Gordon is we've seen playmaking from Miles Bridges more mm -hmm. so this year. Yeah. Kelly is he, – he's good things on offense. Mainly he is a bucket getter, and now he's turned into a shooter, which it, has not really been the case for him previous to his time with the Charlotte Hornets. Kelly Oubre is not a ball mover. He is not going to rack up assists. He's not even a connector. Mm -hmm. Gordon can do that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Gordon, to me, is kind of, hey, can, can you take care of this for us? All right, now, Gordon, we have this problem. Can you go ahead and just take care of that? All right, now mm -hmm. we need you to score. Can you move the ball? Can you settle everything down? I, I just think he does that at a lot better level than what Kelly and Miles does. Now, the question is, do you want to pay $30 million a year well, for that? and that's the question that a lot of people are going to be asking. Understandable. If you're talking about this year, like Kelly, good bucket getter off the bench. Miles, he's starting to flirt in that I can be versatile whenever you want me to, but still not at the same kind of level of Gordon Hayward with the just the smart decisions. The, hey, let's settle down. Let's get a bucket. And he's starting to get buckets in the half court. But you understand what I'm saying. It's it's the shooting now, I think, right now, Doug, that, that separates Miles and Gordon. So I, I, I totally see what you're saying there. I, I think you, you hope that Miles Bridges can get the shooting situation figured out because we've seen him be a good shooter before. Mm -hmm. It's not like it would have to come out of nowhere. He just has to find that stroke again. Can he do it? I think it's necessary for him to do it if the Hornets want playoff success. But I do – I disagree with you. I do think that this combination of Kelly and Miles' ascension does make Gordon Hayward – 
expendable. It makes him extra. It's like if he has a great game, great. But, you know, I mean, he's shown he has that ability. And I think you could sell teams, you know, if you were trying to trade him, you could sell teams on like Gordon still has it. He still put up a 40 burger on San Antonio. Like he has that capability. But we have, you know, the Hornets situation is they have other players. That's what makes this situation different from when Nick Batum was underachieving on his big contract is that you actually needed Nick Batum to play well. The, the Hornets have shown that they don't need Gordon Hayward mm-hmm. to like put up a ton of points. To, to win basketball games. And so I think if you found a situation where like an Indiana was open to talking about Sabonis for Gordon and and I think you got to make some contracts match there, maybe a lamb throw in there and 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 bring that back for some, you know, and give away some assets. I think you have to listen to that at this point. Oh, for, and that, so for sure. Yeah. No, well, for sure. Like I mean, here we are talking about whether we should trade him and, and we talked about how tough it would be with a Miles Turner, Gordon Hayward proposition on the table. And at the end of the day, I do think I would trade Gordon Hayward for a Turner. Things have changed since the injury news that came out. You right. know, I don't know what that would look like I wouldn't. now. Yeah. I'm yeah. scared. I'm too scared. I'm yeah, scared. The, the injury news is different. But here's the thing with Miles, man. Like he mm-hmm. d- let's not get it twisted. Uh, you know, we've praised him so much. He's been so, so good. But you look at the last two years, right? Where Miles mm-hmm. is clearly turned into a real awesome basketball player all-star consideration this season i mean i think that espn game's going to help that all-star for case, sure by the way. oh yeah, they always do 50 percent, 48 percent from the field the last two years on higher volume this year 40 percent from three 32 this year right that's the biggest difference free throw 86 last year 77 this year they've dipped a little bit crazy right miles bridges he's breaking out he's doing awesome stuff he's amazing gordon be putting that up man like that, that that's those are the numbers that Gordon Hayward puts up consistently, and he's done that the last four years. The last time he shot below anything thirty eight percent from the perimeter, it was thirty three. That was four years ago, and I think that's my point. It's that look, Miles has an ascension. Gordon Hayward is only going down. He he's he's as good as he's ever, or he's he's as good as he'll ever be right, right now. Probably gets a little worse every day, right? As right, and that's why you need to move. Yeah, and that's fine. If you want to get ahead of the game, but I think that's my because point. Because is, is he going to be is Gordon is Gordon going to be satisfied if if this is his role at the end of yeah. the season? So so I think the point being it, it's it's really a future and present type of conversation. Are you wanting to get out from under that contract right now at the expense of losing somebody that can really help in different pinches where you might need this from Gordon's game or that because you don't want to pay Gordon the next two years and you're just banking on Miles giving you that consistency shooting wise plus you got to pay Kelly you know like Kelly's got the un- not guaranteed contract this the following season and Kelly might want to get paid especially if he's going to be second and sixth man of the year conversation and then you got to trade PJ like can you get some depth you- you've got some versatility which is a yeah. great problem to have it's, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't envy Mitch Kupchak's position because he's got some tough decisions to make as we get closer to the trade deadline. I know this though; mm-hmm. this was a a huge victory for the Charlotte Hornets. It, it was, was on national TV. It had some Eastern Conference positioning uh, implications, and and people were watching the Hornets and praising them. It was a big win, and I think a big win calls for a big gesture from this show. So I've, I've cooked it up. You re- is this you re- the surprise? This you is told this- me there was a surprise before we started to dive on in, and now I'm very excited to see what it was, it's about Listen, it was a big dub, and it requires a big dub hat. So I've got the hat that we uh, wore for the <laughs> – Look at that thing. For the uh, costumes that we put on for 500. This is the big dub hat, 
and that's that's what this win calls for. <laughs> what's wrong with the antenna? There's one antenna going one well, way, the other one. I thought you might just it's shape tough it with it. Yeah. Like so what it is is it's, it's the B hat that we wore for the. Let me see if I can get this other antenna. There, there you we go. go. And it's got a big W on it because this Booyah. was a big W for the Charlotte Hornets. Excellent. I love it. This is the new cap, so you're gonna wear that every time. You don't have an L cap, do you? Like you're not gonna embarrass ourselves here. Uh, I mean, no. You listen. You only you only do the arts and crafts for the big wins. No, this is the big win hat, and I'll wear it anytime the Hornets get a big dub. But right. it, we got to we got to make sure that it's actually a big dub. I don't want to do the thing where it's like this is a must win. Yeah. It's not really a must win. This was, I think, legitimately. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone in the comments is going to argue with me that this was a big dub. So if you want to see the big dub hat, the only way you can see the big dub hat. Which kind of looks a little like I'm Wario from the Mario games. <laughs> you're you're the you're the evil evil twin. You're even more yeah, evil. Yeah, but if you want to see is. that, the only way you can do it is by going to YouTube, hitting right. that subscribe button button, and getting us closer to 1,000 subscribers. All right, you've been hearing me tell you about Prize Picks for months now. Have you signed up yet? If you haven't, now is the perfect time. For a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive, no brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get fifty dollars for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point but you must use code nba that's right this is an exclusive offer available to locked on fans only who use code nba they have the best nba dfs prop game on the market they offer more nba props than any other dfs prop operator and they offer all the superstar players as well as the bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game maybe you wanted to go the over with jalen mcdaniels in the first half and then you wanted to switch over to kelly Oubre. they've got so many options for you at prizepicks.com go there right now Go there today, go to your app store, download the app. All users that deposit and use the promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first prize picks entry scores a single point. All users that deposit and use promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first prize picks entry scores a single point. Just one prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Let's talk about that big dub. You see it on Doug's head. We'll talk about it next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Locked on Hornets. And, and listen, as long as you play James Booknight, a win will always be inside. Thanks for making Locked on Hornets your first listen every day. Right? We are free and available. He'll, he'll, on, they'll show some fight. All your, on all your platforms. Now make your second listen. Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So believe it or not, LaMelo Ball Mm -hmm. is actually not the number one story in this line. LaMelo Ball is not number one over Kelly Oubre, over Miles Bridges, over what Terry Rozier was able to do. He was impressive down the stretch, but still got a triple-double. And this is kind of what we talked about at the beginning of the season, where we see these crazy passes in the paint to a Mason Plumlee. We see him like two, three times a game, we're going to get not bored with it by any means, but we're going to take it for granted. It's just going to be, well, he does this all the time. What do you want us to do? Like, do we need to, are we going to have to show all of this excitement for every single pass? This has become so commonplace, but yet this is what he does. And now he gets a triple double five of 15 is a bad shooting night. It's not like the worst shooting night ever. Plus he shot three of six from three point land. That's a good percentage. And he hit big time buckets down the, uh, at the end of the game. So, Mm -hmm. you know, 
Interesting stat line for LaMelo, who did not perform for most of the game scoring-wise on national television. But at uh -huh. the end, you check the box score. It looks pretty good. You do remember him for what he did with the recency bias in the fourth quarter. What do you make of that stat line Melo put up, Doug? Well, you have to talk about how he got the triple-double because he was one rebound short of the triple-double with less than a second to go. And Boston heaves up the shot as time is expiring and and Miles Bridges is like clapping at Mello going get it get it get it get it get it get it, get it. Ah! <laughs> and then he, <laughs> that, that, he grabs it. the the air ball reap that was exactly like go watch the video it goes get it get it get it get it get it, get it. Ah! well and, and I think I think that's when Eric Collins said LaMelo gets a triple-double. <laughs> like It was like, oh. And I wasn't watching the local broadcast, so I, I didn't find out that he got a triple-double until I checked the box score after the game was already over because I wasn't, I wasn't tracking it as we kind of went along the way. So I don't think the national broadcast mentioned it. Um, but, yeah, so uh, I think, too, I looked on the Action Network. Uh, LaMelo Ball was plus 1,700 to get the triple-double. So if you made that bet. Wow. Uh, you, what a great you, beat that is. What a great beat. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, great for LaMelo Ball. He gets a triple-double. No one's going to remember uh, years from now why, you know, the, the silly rebound that he got to get the triple-double. It will just be part of his record of accomplishment. So that's great. You know, I think this was a game where he sort of – made a lot of different impressions. So he's obviously doing a lot. He hit buckets late. He had the eight turnovers, though, and I think especially yeah. early on, um, those turnovers were were kind of painful to watch as it, it sort of took the offense a little bit out of a groove. Uh, but then he got with the bench, and I thought, you know, he, he, they played him with the bench, and, and I thought he played well in the, in the beginning of that second quarter and then at the end of the game. So you sort of got a full spectrum of what LaMelo Ball offers your team. Um, but it's clear he didn't make – I don't think he made like a superstar display on national television. It's coming. We're just we're just sort of waiting on it in the second year. It, you know, he's going to make those splashes um, in different games. It just didn't happen in front of a national TV audience this time. Well, and, and we did kind of see it last year when you go mm -hmm. back to the last national television win for the Charlotte Hornets. They beat the Pelicans, and it was the Ball Brother Showcase, and LaMelo played yeah. well. You know, and that that's one where right on – I mean, that was really early in the season too with LaMelo – um, but you're right. Like it, it didn't happen necessarily as much for him. But again, I think at the end of the game, you start to see it, that that can salvage some of the perception of what you really think about that contest to the, certainly the casual fan. He didn't give you, I, I don't remember any like crazy play that he did with anybody at one of those crazy it passes was, we were just talking about. It wasn't passing. It wasn't, well, I mean, he hit big shots, but it wasn't yeah. scoring. It was really the rebounding, the rebounding in my mind. Like the, his, his ability to like tap these offensive rebounds, he moves at a different speed when when he's somehow when he's rebounding because he's super fast with the ball in his hands you know moving it in transition pushing the pace we know that but it's so weird to watch him on some of these offensive rebounds while everybody's standing around he makes people look like they're in slow motion because he's reacting so quickly to to the way the the ball is moving it reminds me of that <laughs> that funny thing that Dennis Rodman did on the uh, the Last Dance documentary where he was like I go here and then I go here and then I go here and then I go here like that's what like Lamelo was just like moving faster than anyone else his instincts for where the ball is going to be are amazing well, and it's it's so fun to watch that. Well, and I get that too because he sees an opportunity 
immediately. This is somebody that talks about how many times out of 100 possessions do you want to run a break? He says every single one of those and he plays possessions. Like it. Yeah, he does. And so when he gets the basketball in his hands immediately off a missed shot, he's looking to go. And I think that gets the juices flowing for all the other players on the court at that time. So great to see LaMelo Ball at least get the triple-double and, um, and, and did at least salvage a, a – a performance that wasn't all that notable at first, like the fourth quarter, it really did him some favors. Yeah. And while we're talking about LaMelo ball, I went and and looked at uh, NBA rotations.info because I was interested with LaMelo ball uh, exiting the first quarter uh, at the same time that Gordon Hayward did, but then he gets put back in at the second, at the beginning of the second quarter and plays with the bench and then gets taken out halfway through the second quarter and rejoins the starters at the beginning of the first half. That's a. I wanted to check and see if that's something that they've been going to more often because I remember earlier in the season, Lamelo was playing the entire first quarter and not really seeing much time at the beginning of the second quarter. Sort of the traditional uh, rotation where you're gonna your starters are gonna come in midway through the second and play through midway through the third and then come back in later in the fourth. But but Borrego has been doing this with Lamelo in multiple games. You have to track it all the way back to the Denver game. That, that big win that they got on the road. Uh, and I, I think this is something that Borrego's doing in games where you need a little bit more offensive punch from the bench unit. And, and I think that's the reasoning why you get LaMelo in there uh, because he's done it in one of the Milwaukee games. I think he did it in the Detroit blowout as well. Uh, no, in the Detroit blowout, that was traditional. In the Yeah, I think in – the second Milwaukee game, he went to that LaMelo ball rotation. So just kind of something interesting to watch. He's oscillating LaMelo's minutes between the traditional starter role mm-hmm. and this like hybrid. And you'll see that like the, uh, I feel like LeBron does this a lot where they'll get like LeBron in with the bench unit. And it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be the featured player, but he makes things happen for other players. And I think that's what you're seeing there. Well, I mean, if you talk about just who's going to run the offense, Cody Martin is a nice secondary ball handler, but it really helps to have LaMelo with the Kelly Oubre. It helps to have LaMelo with the Jalen McDaniels, a PJ Washington. You need some ball handling out there, especially if you're not going to play Smith, especially if you're not going to play James Booknight, who's more so of at least at this point in his career too, a secondary ball handler, more of a combo guard than a real point guard who, who isn't playing anyway because he's a rookie it makes sense to want to put Lamelo out there somebody that can maximize everybody's skill set as much as possible especially when you don't have a Gordon or a Terry to help out a little bit on the bench unit because they're obviously starting with the other and, and I wonder about two things on the rotation piece like I wonder if it's something where Borrego is sort of looking at the first quarter and saying okay if, if the starters are playing really well you know I'll leave uh, LaMelo and and Terry and all of these different guys in a little bit longer and then run them in this sort of general starter rotation. And if I think I need a little bit of punch in that second, at the beginning of the second quarter, then I can, you know, take LaMelo out, maybe take Terry out, somebody else out, and then play them in the second quarter. Or if it's a situation where you're playing a team that is going to be defensively minded and you feel like in that beginning of the second quarter period when they're putting in their bench unit, you feel like you can get a little bit more punch there. Uh, I don't, I don't honestly don't know what Borrego's thinking there with switching that rotation role for LaMelo Ball, but it, but it is interesting to watch. Let's clean up with some of the uh, other individual performances real quickly before we move on to the next segment. Do want to shout out Jalen McDaniels. Awesome in the first half. Really good offensively, hitting a couple of threes. Man, talk about a great two-way performance, too. Like, that guy had two 
fantastic defensive plays on the transition, protecting the rim. That was great to see. Four of five, again, hitting those couple threes and scoring 12, I believe 10 in the first half. So he really got cooking early on. So Jalen McDaniels, just a, a really nice game from him in the 19 minutes he played. And then uh, I think you look at um, somebody that wasn't so good, certainly offensively. Like Dude, shout out Jason Walker. Tatum for missing all those shots. Thanks, <laughs> That's buddy. Right. That, that's on the Woody Page board of the day. Five of 19, too. And early on, like, he hit a couple, if I'm not mistaken. I know he he just destroyed Mason Plumlee. Well, and, and I think we, we this would be fun to talk about maybe when we have a little bit more time in the third segment is what the Hornets did defensively, I think, to slow down Jason Tatum. It, it was, again, a team defensive effort. They played a ton of zone, and, and everybody was focused on – not letting Jason Tatum get going early at the rim. Like, he missed several shots at the rim, and I, I think that helped kind of take him out of the groove for the rest of the game where he was missing three after three after three and giving the Hornets opportunities to extend their lead. Yeah, 0 of 7 from the perimeter for Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown was 2 of 11 from three-point land. Did hit a big shot down the stretch. Dennis Schroeder also. Uh, get he out of here, did, Dennis Schroeder. He, he had a pretty nice game uh, for the Boston Celtics. Schroeder kills the Hornets. I remember there was one yeah. game, I think, when he was with uh, Oklahoma City Absolutely. where he just absolutely scorched the Hornets. So I was just sitting there. You know, my my gluteus muscles were clenched whenever Schroeder got the ball. Like, please don't kill us. Well, you know, and it's classic. Romeo Langford kind of helped them hang around in this game, too. You just see those, those obscure guys uh, help the uh, the opposing team keep in the game with the Charlotte Hornets. All right, let's move on to the next segment, not before we talk about Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar, but it makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, they can be waxy, none of the adjectives that describe what is tasty and good for you. This one, Built Bar, high in protein, high in fiber, but low in calories and low in sugar. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Let's continue to talk about the size of this win. How big was it for the Charlotte Hornets? And put some finishing touches on this edition of the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Oh, all right, so, so we've got Al, or we've got the question... How, like, how did Miles do that? Can you help us end this debate with so much an unbelievable amount on the line? Uh, Doug, I respected in the nth degree, um, but Walker, I'm telling you, it was just it came. It, ah. Every single person who saw that reacted that way. Some of us just were tight, that's right, tighter than others, and I just had to release this from my body. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. I think I let out negative energy anytime I saw Mason Plumley touch the basketball last night. Good God, Doug. I mean, you said you made your wince face and you never, you weren't brave enough to put it on Twitter, but I'm going to put you on the spot now. Yeah. You, what, what was your wince face? What you, did that look like? You, you brought me to a place uh, I'm gonna where put I'm going to put you full screen. Let's see. Let's I'm, show I'm the people. Right. Show the people the wince face. All right. All right. Anytime. Anytime. It was more of a, of a just like, this is going to be a disaster. It was like this. All right. Here, here we go. <laughs> That's what it was like. Do it again. <laughs> again, uh, you can only see this if you go to YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. That's all I'm giving you, though. Like, you try to see, I'm just trying to throw out my opinions, and then you want to play this game. And of course, you're Doug Branson, so you're going to put a picture out there. I, I was yeah. just trying to fire out some opinions. Yeah, with a big man. W on his head. Um, 
was was bad offensively though. Like I mean, I, I mean, you saw him hit a couple shots or whatever. But why why last night was it more apparent? Every time he touched the basketball, it got knocked away. There was one time he tried to drive. I forget who was guarding him, but all he did was see a deflection, goes out of bounds. Thank God it sticks with the Charlotte Hornets. Um, but he gets 28 minutes. PJ gets 19, and that's what I was wanting to talk about, Doug. Like th- this PJ Washington shooting streak it's or non-shooting not streak, good. it is brutal. Here's the thing. He goes out yesterday with, I think, a hip flexor, if I'm not mistaken. Would not return once he exited that contest. I've talked about this before. (laughs) P.J. Washington, man, when he comes back from injuries... He comes back oh, so hot. You're, you're like weirdly happy that I'm he not has happy. This hip injury. We are not Good putting God. that out what there. What are you doing? Are, what are you doing? We are right not now? putting that out there. Don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. What I'm telling you Ugh. is that history shows. I'm making my wins face when now. When PJ Washington comes back from these injuries, for some, I think it just might be. I don't know if he's tired. I don't know if he just needs some kind of break. Whatever. When he comes back from these stints, he sits out a couple of games. He comes back and the shooting bat the bad shooting streak it goes away i hope that happens here i hope one he's healthy yeah. enough to come back but that's something we've seen with pj because it's gotten bad doug like the defense it's what keeps him well, on do you the want floor. the stats do you want the numbers yeah, they're, they're going to some... be putrid like the last 10 games or so yeah i mean if you just look at january so that goes back to the detroit game uh, where they blew detroit out so that's three six seven games the last seven games Averaging five points on 32.5% shooting. It's better than I thought. And 18.2% from three. Just to show you like how crazy that is, if you go back to December, the month of December, he was shooting 42% from the field, 37% from three, mm-hmm. 11.5 points per game. And I mean, he only had three games in December where he scored under 10 points. He's yeah. only scored over 10 points in one game in January in those seven games, and that was the blowout win against Detroit. So it is not good. Yeah, and we've talked about him more so just because of how well he's played defensively, but the shooting. Two it's blocks. Starting, it's, two it's, blocks in this game against yeah, Boston, and one yeah. of them was a, just a monster block. Yeah, he, he's definitely been very good, but at this point, the bad shooting is too bad to yeah. ignore. Like it, right. it, it need, Hopefully, it fixes itself. I want to talk about Terry, too, real quickly before we okay. talk about the magnitude of this win even more so. Um, I think the W on your head has spoken for that more so throughout Big the show. Big dub. Stanging. So, one of the things that we talk about with Terry Rozier and the yep. difference last season compared to the first few years in the league. It was the two-point percentage, right? The fact that he actually he wasn't useless once he stepped inside the three-point shot, uh, three-point arc anymore. Right. He shot fifty percent. He shot over that. That's continuing this season, and mm-hmm. I think what's impressive, Doug, is you're starting to see him hit these fadeaways. You're starting to see him hit these high arcing shots, get his shots over the big trees down low consistently. You know, really, I mean, it's been impressive. Like he's not, yeah. he's getting to the rim, but he's not like finishing with, you know, he's not more physical or anything like that. He's just so much more confident hitting shots in the paint from about 10 feet, maybe eight to 10 feet out. And that's, what's been awesome to see. Still not the greatest decision maker in the pick and roll. It's about 50, 50, whether you're going to get a good decision from him or not, but, the, but he's going to take the shot. And he's going to hit it now. And yeah. I think that's what's helped him so much advance his game as his career's gone. Well, and off ball, he's, it just seems like he's always in position to knock down a shot. And so, you know, when you're playing with someone like LaMelo Ball who can move a defense with ease and, and attracts attention, to be able to put yourself off ball in a position where you can make a play, I think uh, has been incredible. And, and 
you know, for those that remember the beginning of the season and how much, you know, talk about PJ struggles now, it was similar with Terry Rozier early in the season because he was coming off those ankle injuries, but he's fully healthy. He's fully confident. He understands exactly what his role is on the team played big minutes in this one against his former team in the garden and, and just spectacular certified gamer. Can't, can't speak highly enough of uh, Terry Rozier. Uh, it also Walker, bef- we can talk about how big this win, but I think people get how big this win is. I mean, it, it was, was huge. It, All right, good. We, we talked. Yeah, about it. it was it was a huge dub. That's why I'm wearing a W on my head. That's why I'm wearing the win cap because he just was, really likes me. It's the W's for Walker. Fact, yeah, and, and it puts saying. them. What it, what it essentially does is now it has separated them from the tier of people who are contending for the play in, and it puts them right in position to challenge Cleveland, Philadelphia, who they've proven they can beat, and Milwaukee, who they've proven they can beat, and they beat Cleveland already too. Mm-hmm. So it puts them right in that prime position. They're a game and a half back of sixth and uh, you know with with the schedule if you look at the schedule coming up a lot of winnable games uh, I'm not you know after that Orlando loss I'm not going to say guaranteed victories but the winnable games if they stay focused so this was a huge win but if you'd like I can read you some of the answers to my tweet about Miles Bridges if he's going to be the guy you can throw throw to and get a bucket late throwing Kelly Oubre if he's going to be a guy who knocks down big shots and can get to the rim yeah. do you need Gordon Hayward I put that on on Twitter last night I've got a lot of replies. And I'm quote sure tweets. you did. I'm sure you and did. And likes. I got a lot of likes too. 46 likes. But that's that's not the point. So this isn't about me. This is about mm-hmm. the fans and the question. Um, Nada, our friend, said this year, yes, you do need Gordon Hayward. Okay. Uh, Ross says the New York game looked like they could just run the whole offense through miles and tight spots. Maybe an outlier game, but every time he got the ball up. Uh, good things happened. Uh, so I guess we're going to count Ross in the no, we okay. do not need Gordon Hayward category. Casey says, interesting. I've often wondered what we could get for Hayward. Hmm. I think you can get sub bonus, which would, I think, be a yeah. big bonus for the Charlotte Hornets at this point. That's a bonus bonus is what you want? I think it's that's a double bonus. I used to do a podcast called The Double Bonus. But again, this isn't about me. Of course not. This is... It's not about you. How, how many how many listens did you get on that Double Bonus podcast? Do you want to talk about that? Do you want to talk about how great it was? I, uh, you know, we got a couple. Career? We got a few. Um, <laughs> it was early in my okay. podcasting career. Uh, now I was here learning, you are. I was learning the ropes. Yeah, look how far I've come. Yeah. I'm at the top of the podcast mountain. I'm wearing a big W on my head. Uh, mm-hmm. And and B antennae. That that's that's you now. I think uh, that's the plural are, that's of it. I don't think it's antennas. I think it's antennae. It's uh, a, you learn things on this show. It's a e at the end. Right. A, it's antenna with an a e at the end. One other thing uh, I wanted to mention. Yeah. It's just such a profound point I wanted to talk about before we end mm-hmm. today's show. Mm-hmm. I do think it's awesome at the end of games where Terry Rozier and Lamelo Ball will both discuss how they allow the other one to take turns on, okay, it's it's your turn. Go ahead and make a big bucket. Go ahead and try to make a play. It's funny to see that play out in real time when they're both in the backcourt. Lamella will give it to Terry. Terry will size up the defense. Ah, Lamella, it's your turn. Like You get to see those guys actively try to work that out which has to be frustrating, borderline disrespectful for the defense. Like, no, you guys have to run something. Like, there's got to be something a little more interesting you guys have to do. But LaMelo's like, nah, Terry, you got this one. Are you sure? Like, I, LaMelo, you got it. Ah, okay, okay, I'll take this one. You saw that a little last night in some crunch time possession. Uh, they, they, straight, they perfectly complement each other where you can run, like, two-man guard game. You know, the two-man mm-hmm. game is usually reserved for the big and the guard, but you can run a two-man big – or you can run a two-guard, two-man game here with uh, – 
Lamelo and Terry. It's super. It's super fun to watch, and it's glad. I'm glad. Like sharing is caring, and it's it's. That's the cool thing is like Lamelo and Miles and Terry. It just seems like they all like each other, and those, I think that's mm-hmm. that's a good thing. And I think Gordon. I think all of them. I don't think there's a single player on this team that 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 they're not cheering for even Mason as as much as Mason struggled this year I think people are happy you know on this team when Mason um, succeeds in in some way when when that does happen well I think LaMelo was asked during the halftime interview yeah or a halftime interview something like that LaMelo shouted out Terry and Miles being like his best friends and then there were some people who was like wait you know or what about the other people which you know it's fine it's whatever but Miles Miles Bridges Terry Rozier, I think, clearly are the closest guys to LaMelo Ball and vice versa. And you see that play out on the court. It's awesome to see. All right, thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every single day. Fun Friday tomorrow. Is David Walker joining us once again? Do we know about that for sure? I think so. I think it's going to be a fun Friday. I think it's going to be a Hive Live. I think we're going to live the Hive life. Okay. Hive Life. I think it's all going to happen. Hive Live. We're going to get it figured out eventually. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop. For all your gambling needs, Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you to close out the week tomorrow. Big dub!